for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Come on. Some of you understand the benefits of a good word in you. Amen? A good word can carry you through the rest of the week. A good word can change your life completely. A good word can revolutionize your thinking. A good word can change your heart. A good word can make you whole. A good word can make you strong. Are, are you getting the picture? Anybody excited about a good word? Amen. Well, we've been, we have been blessed this year to be a part of two missionary trips. We, we, we had Ethiopia... And then we had Mexico. Amen? And so our associate pastor, Pastor Gary, and, and his wife and a team from the church have been away in Mexico for, what, two weeks? For about two weeks. And they've just been telling me some ridiculous, incredible stories. I think we even adopted someone over there. Amen? I'm sure he'll tell you about it. But let's welcome Pastor Gary as he comes and shares. Thank you. Amen. We just came back from two weeks in Mexico where we ministered to very poor people who had no floor. It was so hot, they don't have fans. They don't, they don't have any of the things that we have, that we take for granted. They have empty refrigerators. And at the same time, we were able to go to the home of a doctor who would tremendously rich with gigantic statues all over his house because everyone has the same need of Jesus. Whether they're rich or poor, everybody needs the Lord. And we want to tell you first a little bit about the trip. So we have some of the people here who are on the Actually, we have everyone here who was on the trip. So first, my wife Norma is going to come up and they're just going to give you some brief testimony. God bless you. Uh, there were a lot of things that impressed me on the trip, and it was hard to pick one for today. But I will tell you about the, the ministry that we did in the doctor's house. Okay. Um, we went there because his daughter, who is a medical student, um, was drinking, smoking, um, depressed, and with thoughts of suicide. And the lady that we adopted over there, um, she had ministered to her for about three hours. And then we came along, and you know like the word says that somebody plants the seed, and then another one comes and waters it, but the Lord gives the growth. So that other lady that we adopted had planted a seed, and we went and we watered it. So when we went over there, we were talking to her, to the girl, her name is Norita, short for Nora. And she was telling us how she had a scientific mind, how she believed in the Big Bang Theory, evolution, and all the stuff that she had been fed in college and medical school. And so we're trying to tell her about the Lord and she's not convinced. So um, we did pray for her. She allowed us to pray for her. And she accepted Jesus not too convinced. So we said we'd come back another day. And so um, we knew that she liked 
techno pop music, whatever that is. And then um, we went to this bookstore and we bought her a CD. And we, when we go back, we'd go and, and give it to her. So according to her uh, school schedule, we went one evening. We got there around 7.30. And she was telling us how she had given up smoking, how she was not drinking anymore, and she was going to the gym every day. So she attributed the change to going to the gym. And we inside were going, yeah, right, okay, thank you, Jesus. So um, she said that since she was going to the gym every day, she was having a pain on the outside of each knee. So we prayed for her for healing. I mean, she really didn't believe it, but she allowed us to pray for the healing. And um, she gets up, and this is like a sunken living room, and she's going on the steps, and she's going. And, he, and we said, do you have any pain? And she goes, well, the right one is gone, but there's a little bit left on this. So we prayed again. And so she gets up on the steps, and she's doing And her father's going, take it easy, take it easy. And she's going, and says, do you have any pain? And she goes, well, I'm actually looking for it. And we said, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Her sister came down, accepted Jesus. And that was our ministry in the doctor's home. Glory to God. Amen. I'm going to ask um, Mary Lou to come up now. Um, Eulene, who is here, also came with us, but... She doesn't always like to be in the front speaking, but she's powerful behind the scenes, interceding, praying, doing, doing the Lord's work, organizing, cooking. Oh, that was the best part, Pastor George, all, all those tortillas. So um, Mary Lou's going to come, and she's also going to tell us about the woman that we were working with. We worked with a woman in Mexico named Nanny. And um, she's been serving a long time. She has a ministry to the poor. She has a ministry to the rich. And she go, if she has to, she goes all by herself. She walks in the middle of gangs, street gangs, goes up to them, prays for them right in the street. She has a tremendous ministry. Her daughter is eight years old. She has a radio show where she preaches. She preaches in the malls, in the streets. But yet the church there would not recognize her because she's a woman and because she believes in the prophetic. So she has a ministry, but there's no authority behind her. She had no covering. So I emailed Pastor George, and I said, The Lord is showing me we need to get behind this woman to be a mis our missionary. See, that's one of the purposes of the church, to give out tools to the people who are doing the work. And Pastor George, not knowing the woman or anything, knowing her by the Spirit and trusting what we said, said, okay, we'll do it. And we came together, we, her family came, her friends, and we anointed her as a missionary from our church. So you know what that means? Every time she goes to the gangs and to the poor, every time she gives out food and clothes, we participate in that. And so Mary Lou's going to tell you a little more about her and also give her testimony. Um, yes, her name is uh, Nanny, and her daughter, Yvette. 
And uh, I know her, when I was in Mexico 17 years ago, she was three months on the Lord, but she was on fire for God, and she knew that there was a purpose for her to be a Christian. It was not just to sit in the pew, but serve the poor or the rich, because the Lord has given her grace with the poor and also with the rich. So wherever she goes, she ministers. And her daughter is used to open doors because everybody loves a little girl preaching. So that opens doors for her. And um, so she she been serving the Lord since then. And um, I've been her friend. Uh, we've been ministering together over the phone. I encourage her and pray and all that for 17 years. And finally, we had the opportunity to go there. And, 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 um, and she was really blessed when she heard, Pastor, that you were interested in helping. You brought happiness to them. And her husband uh, said she stayed behind. She'd been helping her, but she didn't know exactly how big the ministry was and how fruitful the ministry was until that night when Gary annoyed her. Uh, then he realized that his daughter and his wife it has a very fruitful ministry. So a lot of things came to light and, and uh, for, for good, you know. So um, she, like he says, she's not recognized by the church because she's a woman. Not even her own church recognized her. So, but praise God, the Sanctuary Fellowship did. The men, yeah. Norma is still the testimony. <laughs> I like Norita's testimony. <laughs> but uh, we also went to the very poor. There was this couple who uh, Nanny has been ministering to the women in that colonia. They call it colonias. And um, they called because her husband wanted to throw himself to the train because they have no food in a the house. They had two children. And... Um, they didn't even have a place to put the cloth. The cloth is like on top of each, you know, and um, uh, they, they didn't have anything. When Nanny bought, he only had a chance to buy a milk and eggs. And when the little boy, about two or three years old, saw the milk, he goes like, he embraced the milk. He said, oh, mommy, milk, milk. They haven't had milk for who knows how many days. So Nanny came, and like she always does, she brought that, and also they needed money for the, two, the, 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 the girl to go to school. So she's buying the uniform, the shoes, the books, and everything she needs. So that's what she does. Whatever she goes, whatever she goes, she brings food. She, we also went to the, to, uh, so then uh, we ministered to them, uh, Pastor Gary prophesied to them they were Christians so all of a sudden one the lady took the guitar and she started playing the guitar and, and praising the Lord and that life was saved thanks to Jesus Christ okay and uh, it's so many things it had so many things we were really very busy and Pastor, Pastor Gary and Norma they were a blessing over there you know they minister uh, to a very hungry Christians that they also are not accepted in the church. 
they rejected in the church because they want to to do the God's work, but somehow the pastors don't allow them. So uh, praise God that we have freedom over here. Thank, praise the Lord. Amen. I'll give some more testimonies from the trip in a few minutes. But I want to get into the Word. So if you could turn to Luke chapter 1. I'm not used to talking without my wife translating. But... Luke chapter 1 starting in verse 8. Now this is about Zechariah the priest, who was the father of John the Baptist. And his, his wife Elizabeth was old and un unable to have children. She was past childbearing years. She was later on in life. So in verse 8 it says, It so happened that as Zechariah was carrying out his priestly duties before God, Working the shift assigned to his regiment, it came his one turn in life to enter the sanctuary of God and burn incense. The congregation was gathered and praying outside the temple at the hour of the incense offering. Unannounced, an angel of God appeared just to the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was paralyzed in fear, but the angel reassured him, Don't fear, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Elizabeth, your wife, will bear, you, will bear a son by you. You are to name him John. You're going to leap like a gazelle for joy, and not only you. Many will delight in his birth. He'll achieve great stature with God. Zechari I'm going down now to verse 18. Zechariah said to the angel, Do you expect me to believe this? I am an old man, and my wife is an old woman. But the angel said, I am Gabriel, the sentinel of God, sent especially to bring you this glad news. But because you won't believe me, you'll be unable to say a word until the day of your son's birth. You see, Zechariah was a priest. The priest, would, in today's terms, would be those who hang out in the church seven days a week, doing stuff in the church, serving God, reading the Bible, preaching, worshiping God, teaching the people. But yet, when an angel came to him, what did he say? And gave him a word of something that was impossible in the natural. What did Zechariah say? Do you expect me to believe this? And that, that's where most of the people of God live, in the natural realm. You see, there are two realms, and this isn't out of Star Trek, but there are two realms in this earth. There, there's the natural realm. That, that's the things that you could touch. The things that you see with your natural eyes. All your problems, all your issues, all your difficulties. All your money, everything that you see, everything that you taste and touch is in this natural, earthly realm. And that's where most of the people of God live. Even someone like Zechariah, the priest of God, 
When the angel of the Lord came to him, he, he said, you expect me to believe this? In other words, he had absolutely no expectation that God would in any way break into his life. That God would do anything beyond the ordinary, everyday stuff. And that's where we live. We live in our minds. Everything has to make sense. We have to be able to figure everything out. So you can hang out in church, do all this stuff, and lose your faith. Have no expectation that God is going to break in, that He's going to do something in your life, that He's going to do the unexpected, the supernatural. Because beyond the natural realm, there's also a spiritual realm or a supernatural realm, and it's also right here. Right here and right now, there's a spiritual realm going all on around you, but we don't see it. There are, the Bible says that there are angels all around the people of God, so right around you, sitting around you, watching you, protecting you, in the spiritual realm, the angels of God are all over this place right now, but you don't see them with your natural eyes. The Holy Spirit lives in the supernatural spiritual realm, which means that the Spirit of God is filling this place. The Spirit of God is filling your heart. Everywhere that you look, the Spirit of God is here, but we can't see it because He lives in the spiritual realm. He lives in the supernatural place. All this is going on around us, but we look at the world through the eyes, our natural eyes, just like Zechariah. And here an angel of the Lord appeared to him, and he wouldn't believe him. But I'm also going to go down now in Luke chapter 1, down to verse 26, and look at, look at somebody else who had it, the same angel appear. So in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, it says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel, the same angel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. Now I'm going to go down to verse 37. Nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, and Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. In other words, first we had a priest, somebody who's always in church, always carrying a Bible around, always praying, always ministering, and he had no faith, no expectation, living in the natural realm where nothing happens. Nothing good ever happens in the natural realm, the Bible says. And here's this plain teenager named Mary. 
She was considered nothing. She had nothing. She had no influence. And the same angel appeared to her and said that the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you're going to have a you're going to have a child without a man you're not going to need a man the holy spirit's going to supernaturally give you a baby and he's going to save the world and what was Mary's response let it be to me according to your word she was able to receive it by faith and that's the realm we need to live in so you can be filled with religion you can know the whole word of god you could know all the right songs to sing. You could be in, hanging out in church, doing all that stuff like Zachariah, and totally miss God. And say, do you expect me to believe it? Do you expect me to believe that God is going to do something in my life? Do you expect me to believe for a miracle? Do you expect me to leave, believe in supernat the supernatural visitations of God? Or we can be like Mary, just a simple teenager whose heart was filled with faith. And when the angel came, she said, let it be to me according to your word. You see, God wants to break into your life. God wants to come in and do great things for you. He, he wants to heal you. He wants to do miracles. He wants to prosper you. Because everything that you need is in the spiritual realm that you can't see. This morning, Pastor Saul was talking about faith. Candace came up and was talking about having faith in God. Well, what does faith mean? It means believing in that which you can't see. That you, It's all in the realm of the spirit. And it's right here and you have access to it. But we're so caught up in the natural. We only, we only believe in what we can hold in our hands. We only believe in what makes sense. And that's why we miss God. That's why we don't live in the abundance God has for us. That's why we don't live in the miraculous realm that God has for us. Because you can only get it from the realm of the Spirit. You know where your finances are that you've been praying for? They're not here. You can work all day. You can try to figure it all out. And you're not going to receive it. Because the abundance of God is all in the realm of the Spirit. And you've got to reach out and get it. You've got to reach out to God. You've got to believe God. You've got to have faith in Him. He's got angels that He can release to bring you everything that you need. But your mind is here. All your problems, all your issues, your difficulty with your relationships, they're all in the natural realm, and that's what we choose to focus on. When there's a God who wants to restore your relationships, heal your heart, prosper you, heal your body. And when we were in Mexico, we didn't have that problem. Because the people in Mexico, they can't pay for a doctor. We prayed for a girl, she was 18 years old, she had a tumor on her breast. She can't just go to the doctor and have um, a mammography and have the surgery and things. She had it for a year, an 18-year-old teenager. And we prayed for her, and it started to get smaller. 
And then she came back two days later. And we prayed for her. And she had the faith. Every time we prayed, she'd go into the bathroom to check if it got smaller. We prayed, I think, four times. And when she came back, it was totally gone. Why does that happen there and not here? Because our faith is totally in the medical system. Our faith is in our money to buy, to buy medicine. And I'm not speaking against doctors. If you're sick, you need to go to a doctor. If you need to take medicine, you need to take it. So I'm not telling you I'm not one of these crazy guys that says don't take medicine, don't go to the doctor. But what I'm saying is if you, if we, we need to call on the great physician first. There's a great physician and he's right here, but he lives in the realm of the spirit. So the only way we can access him is by faith. Do you believe it? How desperate are you for him? See, in Mexico, when we give an altar call and say, come up for prayer for miracles, the people would come rushing up. In the United States, they give the same call, and the people rush the opposite way because they're hungry. They're tired. They're hot. I'll go, I'll go home and meet my own needs. But if you get desperate enough, there's a God that wants to bless you. And all of the blessing is in the realm of the Spirit. It's all in the heart of God. But we have the authority in Christ to pull it down. We have the authority in Christ to access the place where God lives and to begin to receive by faith. That's where your prosperity is. I don't care how many jobs you have. It's, that's not your answer. Your answer is that there's a God who loves to bless you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, it says, We do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 says, to look through the eyes of your heart. Keep your eyes on God. Whatever your problem is, whatever your need is, He's got the answer. Dr. Phil is not going to solve your problem. You can watch him every day. I, I went to a psychotherapist for 10 years. I was taking pills for medication but in one day, I was delivered by the Lord because I was able to access the love of God in the realm of the Spirit. I got desperate enough. The Bible says, keep your eyes on God. He's the one that can help you. I've seen over the years hundreds of people who told me, don't expect me to come to church for the next few months because I got too many problems I need to go home and solve them. Well, they go, after the next few months, their problems are going to double. Because you cannot do anything to solve your problems. But if you come to the altar, get serious with God, and, and begin to pray and begin to storm heaven by faith, everything that you need is available. 
That's why in Mexico we saw so many miracles. We saw two women with flat feet where arches developed right there on their feet. Someone else who, whose knee was out of place, his knee went right back into place. Because, because they believe you. In Mexico, when we tell them that there's a God that loves you, that there's a God that's powerful, that they have authority over every work of the devil, I don't know why, but they believe me, Larry. I come back to the United States, I say the same thing, and people look at me like I'm nuts. Oh, I got what I need. I, I don't care how much money you have or how much money you don't have. We all got the same need. I prayed for the richest people in Mexico and the poorest people. And they all had the same emptiness inside that only God can fill. You see, in the spiritual realm is miracles, supernatural breakthrough. The peace you need, you're not going to find in your circumstances. When I interpret dreams, 90% of the dreams are single women coming to me wanting to know if the dream is about their future husband because they have such a desperation that that's going to bring them joy. I, I've known enough married couples to know that a husband's not going to bring you the joy you're looking for. <laughs> Any witnesses here? It shouldn't, it shouldn't come from the married women, though. The only thing that's going to bring you joy is the Holy Spirit. The only thing that's going to give you peace is not the amount of money you have in the bank, it's not your job, because those things could disappear in an instant. But if in the spiritual realm, from the heart of God, there's peace for you. There's joy for you. There's abundance. There's freedom. Jesus said, I give you authority over every work of the enemy. So when we were in Mexico, we didn't just pray for people and say, God... I just pray that someday you'll heal this person. We took the authority that God gave us over sickness, and we said, tumor, we command you to go now in Jesus' name. And we saw tumors disappear. Because you have, and not only that, you have the same authority. That same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you and you can go home today and you can speak to your situation. You can speak to your sickness. You can speak to your problem because you've got greater authority than anything that the devil can do in your life. You've got authority over sickness, over oppression, over depression, mental illness, whatever it is, there's a God in you that's greater than that thing, and you speak to it, and you say, go in Jesus' name, and you're going to see things start to go in your life. You don't have to beg God, God, please heal this depression. You have authority. Jesus said, all, heaven, all the authority in heaven and earth is given to me, and he spoke to the church and said, I give it to you. You don't need a pastor to come to your house. You don't need Benny Hinn or anybody. 
All you need is the Holy Spirit living in you. In Mexico, we just saw ordinary nobodies just released to pray for people and great things happening. And if it happened there, it's the same God over here. In the Bible, in um, 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 15 to 17, it's a story about the prophet Elisha. And it says, when the servant of the man and God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. So things didn't look too good because there they were in Jerusalem and all of a sudden the enemy army surrounded the city. And the servant, he started to get worried. Fear came into his heart. And he said, oh my Lord, what shall we do? Do not be afraid, the, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed. O oh Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. See, in the natural eyes, all he saw was a mighty army coming to kill him, coming to destroy the city, coming to destroy his family. He looked in the, in the natural eyes, and he got afraid. And Elisha prayed for him and said, God, forget about his natural eyes. Open up his spiritual eyes, what Ephesians calls the eyes of your heart. And when his eyes opened up, he saw in the spirit chariots of fire driven by angels who were going to come and defeat the enemy. Stop looking in the natural. Stop looking at your problems. Stop looking at what God hasn't done. Stop looking at the lack in your life. Stop looking at the people who are angry at you. And open up your spiritual eyes. And Because you, know, you know what Elisha said? Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. you got more angels with you. you got more backing of heaven with you than, than your financial problem than that person who hates you, than the broken relationship. God is with you. He's for you. And He's already given you everything that you need to, to have victory, but you've got to open the eyes of your spirit. Stop looking into the natural. There was a man in the Bible named King David. And there was this big giant named Goliath. And everybody was afraid of him because he was a big giant and he had a gigantic sword and nobody would come near him. And he intimidated the people of God. And David went right up to him and took a stone and threw it at him and killed him. Because he, when he looked into the eyes of the giant, he didn't see the giant. He saw the power of God. Can you, can you do that? Can you look right into the eyes of your enemy? Look right into the eyes of the bill that you can't pay. Look right into the eyes of your sickness and see that there's a big God and He's even greater and He wants to work for you. He will destroy every work of the enemy. I want to read one more scripture. 
Numbers chapter 13. Why do I like to read a lot of scriptures? Because there's power in the Word. When you read the Word of God, it's not just, oh, I need to read this to get through it because God wants me to read it. When you read the Word of God, there's power released. And it breaks the, the work of the enemy in your life. Just my, my reading the Word releases the Holy Spirit to begin to work in your heart. The Bible says when we read the Word of God, it builds up our faith to believe that God can do something, that He can help us. Because God had called the, the Jewish people, the Israelites, He brought them out of Egypt and was going to bring them into the Promised Land. And, he, and God told Moses to send out spies. Send them into the promised land to check it out and bring back a report. Well, this was their report to Moses in November, Numbers 13, verse 27. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites. The Jebusites and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. See, God sent the spies to the promised land to check it out. And they found fruit. They found, they found these things of grapes that were gigantic. The blessing of God was in the land. It was flowing with prosperity. Everything was growing. There was great wealth in those nations. But at the same time, there was a mighty army protecting it. There were giants. And most of the people of God, when they saw the giants, they saw the enemies, they said, sorry. We can't take this land. The Bible says they gave a bad report. They said, forget about it. We're afraid. It's impossible. But there were only two of the people of God, Joshua and Caleb. They looked at the land. They looked at the enemy. And they saw that there was much more of them in, in the army of the enemy than there were in the Israelite army. But Caleb... He looked into the eyes of the enemy. He looked into the land and he said, we can take this land because he didn't look through the eyes of the natural. In the natural, it was impossible. But he looked through the eyes of his spirit and he saw a mighty God. And he said, nothing can hold us back. Nothing can stop us from taking everything God has for us. And it's the same thing for you. What are you looking at? Who do you see? Do you see what's impossible? What you can't do? What you can't have? 
Or do you, do you look up to heaven and you see a mighty God and say, we can take that land. Whose report do you believe? Do you report, believe the report of the enemy that says you're defeated? That you're not going to be blessed, you're not going to prosper? That you'll never have anything or that you'll never get married or whatever it is you're believing for? Because you're looking at your circumstances. Or are you willing to look through the eyes of God and say, we can take the land. We can have the blessing. In Mexico, we went to the poorest people who had no hope of anything. No money to go to school. Well, most of the time, we just saw them hanging out in the street. There were very few jobs. And we go up to them and prophesy over them. God called you to be a businessman. God called you to be a doctor or a lawyer. In the natural, they should have laughed at us and said, Are you crazy? We can't go to school. We, we'll never do anything. We can't open a business. But they chose to receive it by faith. And they didn't laugh at us, but... They began to have hope in their heart that God would work for them, that they could have a business, that they could go to school, that they could move, that they could prosper in the midst of horrible poverty. And are you willing to believe the same way? In the midst of your problem, whatever it is, are you willing to believe God that there's victory? So the same way that I prayed in Mexico, that we all prayed, we want to pray today. I want to believe God for miracles today, right here. I don't want to just travel and see miracles. I want to see them right here and right now. So we want to pray for people today that need a miracle, that are willing to believe God. Maybe you need healing in your body. Whatever it is, it could be something small as a headache. It, it could be cancer. I don't know what it is, but we saw all kinds of things heal. Maybe you're believing God for a financial miracle. Maybe healing in your marriage, healing in your relationship. I need personally, I need many miracles. If I don't get some miracles, I'm in trouble. I'm desperate for God. I, I need God to come through. Is anyone else like that, just like me, I just stand up before God and say, God, I need a miracle. God, I need you to do something in my life. I need a healing. I need a financial breakthrough. I need healing from depression. We're going to believe with you today. So I'm going to ask those who are leaders in the church to come up right now. And Mary Lou's going to come and toy. If we could have the church leaders. Because they're, they're going to believe God for a miracle for you. Those who are in the prophetic team. If, if you need physical healing, I'm going to ask you to come right now. Right here. Who need, if you need healing in your body, we're going to ask you to come forward right now. We want to pray for miracles right now.
You need healing in your body. I believe God's going to do miracles. You lean also if you could come and intercede for us like you did in Mexico. We need you, we need you bringing down heaven. So um, if you could just get together in threes. If you could just get together in threes. In threes. Or four. So anyone else, you need physical healing in your body. Don't sit there and say, I don't want anyone to see. The people in Mexico, they didn't care less who saw them. They said, I want God and that's it. If you need any other miracle, if you need a financial miracle, if you need a miracle in your body, in your emotions, whatever it is, we're going to invite you up and they're going to pray for you right here. God, if you need a new house, a new apartment, a new job. If you're desperate enough, God's going to do it. He's going to release it. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.